Phoenix LeFay. How's it going? Peachy. We've done peachy. I know. I don't know. It's fine. It's going fine. What do you want? <laughs> wow. I don't know. You're writing a book. Leave that chapter out. <laughs> it could be, uh, I'm doing well. Thank you very much for asking, Guion. How very mm. nice of you. Oh, Mr. Raven. <laughs> I'm quite splendid. <laughs> yeah, see, something like that would be lovely. Okay. Hey, uh, oh, folks uh, that are listening, mm. it's that time of the show where I announce <laughs> what the topic of the show is. And Phoenix says, well, all right. All right, I got this. All right. So today... Uh, we've been chatting with uh, a variety of folks recently for whom witchcraft is new. So they're brand spanking new to magic, to witchcraft, to exploring their power. And this question comes up from time to time. So I thought we would do today's show from kind of a uh, a new witch's perspective. Mm. And uh, we're going to ask and answer some questions I think a lot of people have. Would you like to know what those questions are about, Phoenix? Oh, uh, I'm guessing it's about what to do when you're new to witchcraft. Mm, not exactly. Oh, okay. It's very specific. Oh, really? specific. Mm. Go on. Yeah. Covens. Oh, we're going to talk about covens, are we? Yeah. So. <laughs> That's so funny. We're going to. Oh? <laughs> well, okay. So some of you may or may not know, but I run a Discord server called Wearing Witch Pants. Uh, and today in the server, this topic of community came up. So this is just interesting timing because I was thinking fondly and not so fondly about community. And, you know, one of the jokes is the best thing about community is all the people and the worst thing about community is all the people. So that's it's been on my mind. It's just funny that you want to talk about covens when I've been talking about covens already today on well, my Discord server. Well, there you go. Yeah. All right. So, uh I thought I would ask some really basic questions. These are questions that have been asked of me, and I will, of course, give my answers. <laughs> and, but, and okay. you know, as as is my want, mm. I shall ask you the question and have you pontificate on it a little bit. Well, you know, I like to pontificate about things. So. I do, I do. And, you know, I, this is a topic where I have been known to be snarky. Mm. So just know that in advance. I will. And... I'm going to keep redirecting you back to actually answer the question <laughs> and not go I off I don't appreciate your sass. <laughs> I think you need to take it down a notch. All right. So, <laughs> so let's start right at the beginning. Let's. Because that's what Vassini says. Yeah. Oh, my God. Did you see that I wrote that in a blog this week? No. Really? What, what did you write? I wrote that. No, I wrote it in an Instagram post about grounding and cleansing. And Vincini said, when a job goes bad, you go back to the beginning. Oh, well. I wrote that on my Instagram post. (laughs) Clearly. Weird. We're like mind melded today. We are. We are. Sorry, go on. All right. So, right off the top. That was a a Princess Bride quote, by the way, for people who are like, what the F is Vincini? What are they talking about? Right. Exactly. Love that movie. Yeah. Okay. So, covens. Yes. Question number one. Mm. Really, let's start with the basics. What is a coven? <laughs> you want me to answer that? No, just we'll just sit around for the next 45 minutes. Don't be like that. <laughs> you no, said I'm, snarky. Are you, you, you want me, seriously, you want me to answer that? Yeah, what's a, a coven? A coven is a group of people that come together to practice magic. Yeah, so I think the key to that word <laughs> is practice. Yes. Um, because I know, you know, there are groups of people that can gather for all reasons, you know, in a world where we can gather, right? Right, someday. Um, Yeah, well, you know, depending where you live. Um, So you could gather once a week 
to do quilting. You could gather once a week to yeah. you know do canning or or swap recipes or, or whatever it is. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean you're a coven, even if all those people are witches. Because if you're coming together to do quilting, yeah, which is a lovely activity, is it? Yeah, I have think you so. quilted before? I've been around quilters. Mm. I've had a quilt made for me, which is quite nice, but that's not got anything to do with being in a coven. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, you can gather with witches for lots of reasons, mm. but not necessarily act as a coven. And I do think that that's that is really one defining piece is that you come together to practice magic. So you could be a bunch of witches who were also quilters that got together and while you were making quilts you were sewing in magic then that could be for instance a coven i don't know that i agree with you but i do agree with you right because i think like a learning circle a grove uh whatever whatever terminology you want to give it all of those are covens when you really boil it down to it those groups might not agree with me <laughs> but in my you know very humble opinion i think they're all covens and i think that if you're getting together with magical people whether you're doing something magical or not there is just something about being amongst your people that is magical right yeah. so i agree it's best if you are practicing in some way shape or form even if that's like a stitch and witch group that gets together and just does crafts right and isn't necessarily like doing spells or rituals overtly um but i I think if you have a a sunday night movie night with your witch friends that could potentially count as a coven well i think that's so classically coven is a group of witches Mm -hmm. like it's not just a group of like-minded people you're right right it's a group of witches the word agreed right the word coven comes from the word to to convene right like mm-hmm. to to gather yeah um and in the case of a coven it's for the specific practice of practicing witchcraft now there are different ways that people practice witchcraft but it's not just witches getting together on a sunday to watch sabrina right that's not really but that could be something your coven did together yeah but remember we're talking about what is a coven not yes what... yes All right. so we've covered <laughs> what a coven is let's move on well kind of <laughs> all right so uh, a coven group yeah. of witches get together practice magic yeah there's sometimes pressure for folks that are witches that do gather on a regular basis to call themselves a coven yeah right what's the problem with that well i don't i don't know that there is a problem with that i think for some people using the c word is like a level of commitment that they may or may not be ready to take. For example, I meet with some lovely ladies, well, I used to, every new moon. And and I would refer to us as like the new moon group. And I never used the, the C word because a couple people in the group were like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if we're coming. I'm not sure about that. Like, because it just adds this layer of commitment and um, you know, it's like saying we're boyfriend and girlfriend, you know, it's taking the, you're not dating, you're not seeing each other. It's, there's a commitment. Uh, so even though this group's been meeting for several years, there's still some resistance to using the word coven. Uh, I am not resistant to that word. So it's, that's a hard question for me to answer. I, when I teach workshops, I tell my classes, we're a temporary coven. We're meeting for the next four weeks, and during those four weeks, we're a temporary coven. We need to hold space for each other. We need to be present for each other's learning experiences. 
uh, and we need to bring our own magic in the healthiest way that we can. So, you know, that's, it, that's not a word I shy from. Right. But I know that for some people it can, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it can be more than they want. Okay. So we've sort of established what a coven is. It's a group of witches that get together, uh, that have some level of commitment that they'll practice magic together. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, um, kind of the next basic question is why would I want to join a coven? Like, what do I get mm-hmm. from joining a coven? Yeah, because, you know, this is one of my snarky things about this topic is especially if you have any online witchcraft awareness, if you're paying attention to any conversations, if you even go into a, like a witchy Facebook group once, you'll ha- there will be someone who goes, this is why I'm solitary. Like, this is why I don't practice with other people. And yeah, like I get it. Other people can be a pain in the butt. Uh, but practicing on your own, it can be delightful. Practicing on your own can be a beautiful experience. And in my experience, practicing with other people brought more growth, more exponentially than I experienced on my own. Because I've been a solitary for many years. I was a solitary. Uh, and there is something about other people's energy, other people's experience, um, other people's power, other people's strengths and weaknesses that you learn from, grow from, identify with or whatever. So I feel like real growth, real understanding of your strengths and your weaknesses comes from group work. And a coven is a really great place for that, especially if you can build trust, you know, and that's the hardest part about a coven, I think. Yeah, sure. So uh, I know reasons why in the past why I've joined a coven. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Some of it really is that, you know, I, I'm, I'm typically pretty choosy about who I do magic with, which is an interesting thing because as somebody that's kind of a, a public witch, right? You know, we, we do this podcast, uh, we blog, we're authors, and, you know, when we're able to, we go to various conventions and things like that, and we speak about witchcraft, we teach witchcraft. So I'm very sort of public-facing in mm-hmm. that regard. But the magic that I want to do with a close group of people is very private. Mm -hmm. I don't often talk about that particular type of magic. And so I find a coven is a great way for me to to work magic that's powerful and profound and secret. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't mean secret in the, uh, you know, like there's great mysteries to what we do. Um, you know, sometimes we do healing magic. Sometimes we do protection magic. It's just that we keep that magic within the 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 circle of that coven. Yeah, it's a place for me to be vulnerable. Right. Uh, it's a place for me to not be the you know the public face of something. I'm not Gui on the author. Right. When I'm in my coven, I'm just the one of the other people in the coven, and and I am not. Uh, a, a high priest or anything like that in in my coven. I'm a member of the coven. Yep. And so it's a place for me to show up very authentically. Not that I show up elsewhere inauthentically, but it really is a place where I can... Well, as a public person, you know, you. I don't think this is something anyone would be surprised by, but you do have a certain level of guard up because, mm-hmm. you know, there is a, some amount of protection of your of yourself with the public. Yeah. I think that's just normal. So the other reason that I sought out the coven that I'm in right now, uh, yeah. and there's, there's one 
very dear coven to me. And then there's another one um, that is... Um, <laughs> there's a coven that I love and then there's this other one. No, 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 no. There's the coven that is, is a, a real actual functioning coven because we've named ourselves a coven. Um, and then there's one which is a group of people that gather from time to time yeah. that we refer to as super coven, <laughs> not because we're super people, but just because it, it's sort of... It's, it's a joke. It's a bit of a joke, yeah. right. Um, <clears throat> and that is also very dear to me, but it has a dis- different function. Yeah. But the coven that I go to regularly or meet with regularly, and now that's virtually, um, is within a specific magical tradition right so the other reason that one might join a coven is to deepen into the mysteries of a particular tradition yes or or magical pathway right right and that's one of the reasons for this particular group um uh, i wanted to learn more about a particular style of british traditional witchcraft Mm -hmm. um and um had been speaking with uh the high priest and priestess of this coven for on and off for a couple, three years, and uh, eventually was invited into the coven when they felt comfortable with me and I felt comfortable with them. Uh, And then we've deepened into the work of that particular magical tradition. So another reason why you might want to join a coven is, yeah, it could just be your local group of witches or friends that are into witchcraft, and you build something out of that. Or it could be that you join a coven for a very particular reason. Right. Uh, you mentioned something about temporary covens. You know, you teach a class for six weeks, and so for that six weeks, it's a, it's a temporary coven. Right. I do think that's something that is really important to look at when you're joining a coven or starting a coven is, is it for uh, a particular reason or is it for a particular season, mm-hmm. right? Or is it something that you imagine that you'll do for you know many years to come and i think about that so one of the magical traditions that i've worked in for years is a very activist based tradition mm-hmm. and so sometimes a group of witches will come together to make a certain uh political statement and so there might be months of planning there might be the actual political action itself and then there might be some debrief if you will afterwards Mm -hmm. and that group functions as a coven but it's got a very limited shelf life it's we'll do this thing until we achieve this result sure and then it's done Uh, and then the coven dissolves which is very healthy right Um, and i think that's an important thing to know is that covens can come together for different reasons you mentioned stitch and witch or you know netflix and chill you know like (laughs) you can have covens that do come together for the purpose of just hanging out with witches talking about witchcraft making a witchy meal together and watching a witchy tv show right that's perfectly acceptable um that's one form of magic and you can say uh, we're going to gather as witches to do this thing well and i think that a lot of that depends on if you are joining a specific lineage or tradition if you're joining a specific lineage or tradition there's going to be things that are done specific ways if you're joining if you're creating a group right which is i think if we're going to talk about this this subject we need to talk about like what what do you need to think about if you're creating a group because that's it's more than you might think um, but then, you know, what are, what are the parameters? What are the rules? What are the boundaries? What are, is is it to have like a, a check-in and a witchcraft discussion and then to watch a witchy TV show? That's great. 
but you know, it, those are things you want to know and be clear about stepping into it. Like yeah. what, what is the goal of you stepping into this group? What do you, you as a seeker, whether you're seeking out a coven that already exists or you're looking to start one, what is it that you want? Why? Yeah. And what is the goal of you joining a group? Which I think is another one of those questions that kind of goes back to why would you want to join a coven, mm-hmm. right? So we know what a coven is, and there's there's different reasons why you might join. Um, and I also think there's a certain amount of um, healthy and unhealthy fantasy yes. around what a, a coven is. Sure. So, you know, in my brain, uh, the perfect coven, not that there is such a thing, but, you know, go with me here. The, the perfect coven. Being really funny. Yeah, you know, like for me, <laughs> we would have a huge house in Kent, in which is a county in England. <laughs> it would be a manor house. We'd gather uh, every weekend. There would be a greenhouse filled with I don't know mandrake plants or other magical herbs. There would be. A, a converted ballroom that had a pentacle on the floor. Everyone had red silk robes or, you know, whatever it is, right? Like I can imagine that sort of fantasy side of mm-hmm. it. Uh, rituals take place out on the lawn uh, in between standing stones, you know, like, <laughs> right? Like that's kind of what my fantasy is. I know like for you, you want the house that the aunts lived in in Practical Magic. <laughs> yeah, sure, that'd be cool. Right. Um and uh, I know a lot of people over the years that imagine a coven will all buy a piece of land together, live in whatever kind of house they think is perfect for a coven, and live and support uh, one another till the end of their days mm-hmm. and do magic. And that's also lovely. And generally speaking, there are very, very, very few examples of that really being the case right it's not that it doesn't happen and there are some really beautiful shining examples of that but generally speaking um that's not likely no it's not so um if that's your imagination of why you might join a coven i think it's important to look at what's the reality um what can you achieve today and then you asked this question about what you know what you think you'll get out of it, and I think that is really important to communicate. Yeah, I want to join this coven because fill in the blank. Right. I want you to join my coven because right. Fill in the blank. I think we should start a coven because fill in the blank. And I think you really have to start with that question, right? Yeah. Um, why does this coven? Why would we want this coven to exist? Right. Why would I want to join it? And what do I imagine I will get out of it? And what do I imagine I can contribute to it? Right. Because, you know, it all comes down to community. And that's what a coven is. It's community. And within that, you deal with personalities and power uh, dynamics and, and personal lives and the struggle that can come from all of that. So, you know, it it can be really messy. And in some groups, too, if you add in, like, sometimes covens will have spouses or um, siblings or children of other people in the coven and that adds a whole other dynamic now you're dealing with not just the individuals but the different relational things that can happen in a group setting yeah so you know all it, community is lovely um, and it can be supportive and it can be a place of growth and it can be a place of of deep wisdom and it can still have its interpersonal dramas that have to be dealt with. 
And at a coven level, you're dealing with that with a group of people instead of just the one person you might be in conflict with. Yeah. You know, if you if you're best friend and you join a coven together and the two of you get in a fight that impacts the entire coven, you might have to process that with the entire coven. Right. So understanding that um, interpersonal dynamics are definitely going to play into it. Yeah. This is a bit off topic and I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole, but that's one of those other things, you know, I, I think um, very rarely will a coven ever solve your interpersonal issues. It might give you a way to practice, you know, better communication and feedback and yeah. things like that. But if you come into a coven um, and you haven't done your own personal work, mm-hmm whatever your triggers and barriers and obstacles and whatnot are, they will be magnified. Yeah. Well, and, you know, depending on the type of coven, like we haven't touched on this concept yet, but there is, um, especially like in British traditional witchcraft and in, in some other traditions, there's hierarchy. So hopefully a healthy coven is having you do some of that inner work, some shadow work, some self reflection, um, that you should be doing that. That should be a part of your coven work. Yeah. Yeah. Whether that's led by you or led by the people who are quote unquote in charge. You know, a lot of covens have hierarchy. Some covens don't. And if it's not in any specific tradition, it might not have any hierarchy, but then you have to determine like that where covens fall apart is where there's no structure having no structure sounds delightful. Like no one's in charge. We all take turns, but someone still has to say, we're meeting on Wednesday. Who's leading this one? We're going to meet, we're going to meet every Sunday, every fourth Sunday of the month or whatever. Those decisions still have to be made. And if no one steps up to encourage conversation or decision-making, it will just fall apart. Yeah. You know, and what I have seen happen many times is Someone or a couple of someones who tend to step into leadership will just start doing it. And then it becomes an issue of resentment. And the people who are stepping into leadership may not want to be in leadership. Or the people who haven't stepped up to leadership start to feel resentful for those who did. And it creates this whole interpersonal issue that could have been resolved if you just had clear guidelines from the beginning. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's what, that's the issue I've come up against multiple times being in covens personally is, you know, either, uh, we all enter equitably, but not everyone has the same level of experience. And so one person sort of gets pigeonholed as the most experienced. And so they all look to that person to be the leader, um, or there's an assumption made about leadership that's those kind of decisions. If you're looking to start a coven, or a group of people want to create a coven together, those conversations are the very first ones you need to have. What is the power structure? Because yeah. it's there, whether you talk about it or not, yeah. it's better to talk about it. So I, I want to just add in here, uh, why is it brilliant and fun to be part of a coven? So we've said some of the things like, uh, you want to make sure you understand these things before you get involved mm-hmm. in a coven. And I actually have a whole thing that I'm going to talk about in a bit about some danger signs around yeah. covens, yeah. right? Um, but again, for someone that's listening, that's new and, and going, well, you know, me and my four friends that practice witchcraft, we think we might want to make this kind of official and actually call ourselves a coven. What's fun? What's brilliant? What's amazing about working? Yeah. In a coven? I mean, doing magic with other people is fun. 
having hearing other people's ideas on things you could do. The, the people will come up with things you never thought of because they're different people. Yeah, you know. And the the beauty. This is what I say in my classes is. Um, when you work in a coven, you get to learn what other people's strengths are and what your growing edges might be. And that makes you a stronger group. So you might not be very strong at chant writing, but your coven mate is an amazing chant writer. And so as a group, you still get profound, beautiful, wonderful chants. And it's not, you're not feeling stressed out about this lack because you have a coven mate who is very strong in that skill or, and maybe could even help you develop your own chant writing skill right so covens you feed each other with your strengths and your weaknesses you help each other grow uh, and that that's where it can be really fun plus doing ritual in a group is fun going to the cemetery at Samhain and having a picnic with a group of witches is fun you know planning ritual nights having tea parties having you know it's not always like creating sacred space and doing a serious thing sometimes it's just fun witchy frivolity and that's fun and having other witches who speak your same language and understand and do things the same way that you do can create depth and can be really comforting and can be really playful yeah 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 i think for me one of the things that i love about being in a coven that that's you know fun and, and enjoyable is because there's a level of trust you know which takes a little bit of time to develop but yeah. once you've got that there um like four people or eight people or you know 12 13 people whatever you've got in the coven there is something delicious about doing magic together when you all trust each other there mm-hmm. are uh, the ability to raise energy. Right. That's right, the other thing. Yeah. Is it's so much easier, it's easier when they're a, and know, faster and more powerful. Yeah. You know, like if you've been, if you've done a solitary ritual, you know what kind of energy you can raise alone. And then if you've gone to a really well put on public ritual where there's like 150 people and you feel the energy raised in that, like that's a huge freaking difference, you know? And so you imagine a coven where it's a smaller group. But there's a lot of trust and there's a lot of focus and everyone's on the same page. It's really great. Yeah, it's one of the things I love about it. The the magical skill that you can develop yeah. in a coven is, is fantastic. And the energy, it's it's really quite uh, intoxicating. Yeah. And, and, you know, you start to notice things, I think, you know, um, in, in a coven that I've been part of, whenever we gather... Uh, the, it doesn't matter what the temperature is outside, the temperature in the room will go up by like 10 degrees when we start practicing magic. Mm-hmm. Um, odd things begin to happen um, within that magical room, right? right? Once once we make that space sacred. And even when we're not practicing in that coven, I've, I've um, spent the night at, at the coven stead. Yeah. And... Um, the the ritual room also doubles as a spare room when it's not being used as a ritual room and um i've had the most intense dreams or waking dreams or sleepy sleepless nights in that in that coven room because there's this uh i don't know residue of magic mm-hmm. or reservoir of magic you know that i sort of tap into when i go into the dream world right and it's it's fantastic i absolutely love it you can also it with with covens create 
astral places like an astral temple one of the covens that I work with we have an astral temple so if something is going on and we can't get together to do magic together we can go to the astral temple or we've left gifts for each other in the astral temple say what that is for somebody that's no fucking idea what you just said yeah so you know there's an astral realm it's a spiritual realm it's an energetic realm and there's probably multiples of them the multiverse right um, but you have also have an astral body. So it's kind of an advanced practice. It's not something that's easy to just do um, unless you're like about to fall asleep and then it seems to be really easy to do. Uh, but you, you can send your astral body out into the astral world and do stuff <laughs> and visit other astral beings and create astral places and return to those places over and over again. And if you do something like that with a group of people, you can create an astral coven space, an astral temple where you can go and do work together and magic together. And, um, you know, it's like I said, it's kind of an advanced technique, um, but it can be a really powerful way to connect when you can't physically connect, you know, yeah. that the astral temples gotten a lot more use this last year because, we haven't been able to see each other in person, you know? So, um, so yeah. I think on a very physical level, like Zoom or Skype or whatever um, device folks are using to connect with each other mm -hmm. virtually, <clears throat> that's like a real a physical manifestation of like the astral travel. Yeah. How do we get together? How do we work when you're on one side of the country and I'm on the other? Right. How do we come together and do this magic? Well, Zoom is a great way to do that uh, or any of those kind of platforms. And that's essentially what the astral realm is. It's a way that you can connect in when you're not in physical proximity to someone. Right. Yeah, it's really, it is a wonderfully um, uh, profound practice, but mm -hmm. it is, it's not easy. No. Yeah. So <clears throat> covens are great. Covens are fun. Uh, covens can be a lot of work. Now, if you're joining a coven, especially if you've been invited to join a coven. I think there are some questions that it's important to ask because uh, as with any community, as with any group of people, um, there are some, um, there's some power dynamics out there. Yeah. Oh yeah. I and, mean, there's going to be power dynamics in covens. Yeah. And so there are some bad actors out there. There are some folks that um, their coven rules might be perfectly fine for everybody within that coven, but they're not fine for you. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it's important that you ask questions. So um, I, I, these are just some questions that, that I would ask. There's the basics, you know, when does the coven meet? Uh, what's the expectation of what I will do here you know am i going to learn things am i going to be expected to do homework you know wh whatever those kind of practical things are that we've talked about like what's the purpose of this coven mm -hmm. and i think it's very important that you ask the questions that are hard that might seem embarrassing and uh, might shock people so um there are some questions that i think like uh is there a financial obligation yeah. There are some covens that expect you to uh, tithe, for want of a better word. Yeah. And that can be really lovely and sweet if it's like, okay, well, when we meet at, you know, Joe's house, 
Um, Joe always makes dinner beforehand, so we'll chip right. in a few bucks so that Joe isn't always spending money yeah, to make food. Yeah, traditionally it's been like for coven supplies and candles and incense and things that are expenses for sure for a coven to have. Right. Yeah. But having to join a coven and having to pay twenty nine ninety five a month, that's probably not a great Seems idea. Seems high. Well, but you know what I mean. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. matter what the number is, yeah. but if it's more than just like covering the basics Expenses. you know mm-hmm. um if you have to pay to join the coven right that's a real red flag right or if you're paying for initiation unless it's in a specific tradition where that's customary right so this is a place to do research right like if you're if you want to get initiated into like an orisha house there is a financial cost for that yeah because typically a, a priest or a priestess is going to be flown in to lead that ritual, right? So it can be very expensive. But for the most part, in a British traditional uh, coven or in an eclectic coven, uh, most witchcraft covens, that is not the case. It's um, it's a, it's a big red flag if you're being asked for a large sum of money for initiation. Yeah, yeah. Generally to pay for the coven, right? Like, yeah. I mean, so that's one big red flag. Yeah. Um, secondarily, depending on your own personal ethics. So for me, for instance, I would ask somebody, um, how do you feel about queer people being in the coven? For me, if they said, oh no, I would run a hundred miles. If you talked about, um, what about, um, if somebody wanted to join our coven that was transgender, would that be acceptable? No. Well, for me, that would be a a red flag. And the reason that this is even like a thing to ask is because in some old school covens, it's run on a binary, man and woman, and you're paired up by your gender. Boy, girl, boy, girl. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really changed and is continuing to change. But... There are some old school practitioners that still do it that way. Yeah. And, uh, and that is falling out of favor, which, you know, I think both of us are in agreement. It should. It doesn't like it, it, energy doesn't work that way. It doesn't matter what's between your legs or, or what your gender identification is like. That doesn't matter. Um, so I think that that's a majorly changing. But, yeah. you know, be aware that there may be a coven out there that still expects things to be on a binary. Yeah. Yeah. So and and in that same vein, um, I again to be very transparent, one of the covens that I practice in, we practice our rituals skyclad. Right. Skyclad means naked. Right. Uh, there is a reason for that that I accept, um, and it's kind of the, um, <clears throat> you know, the same. There's nothing to hide. You know, not that I would be going in with a knife in my pocket or, you know, anything like that, but it's, we're all equal. Yeah. Um, Everybody shows up, we're naked. Uh, Well, we don't show up naked. naked. You get arrested. But, you know, once we're in the ritual space, generally speaking, we are naked. Again, that's only one tradition that I practice. Most, many traditions I practice in, that is not a requirement. But that's a question because you may need to have specific ritual garments. That might be something you have to purchase. It might have to be a certain fabric or color. You might have to have uh, robes or ties around your waist or specific tools. So knowing what your the expectation of what you will wear into the gatherings is a good question to ask. Yeah. 
Yeah. You don't want to show up and not know it's a sky clad group and everyone's getting naked and you are not okay with naked. Right. You know, that this <clears throat> is important to know. Yeah. And just to be clear, the coven that I'm in, it's we, the preference is that we practice sky clad. But if for some reason somebody uh, doesn't, uh, for whatever reason, uh, they've got a, a physical issue at that particular moment or they're just uncomfortable with it, it's not, um, it's not forced. Right. I have found so. a common thread in many covens that if a, a someone is menstruating, mm. there is usually like a panties or a waist covering or a wrap that skyclad yeah. covens will um, permit, quote unquote. Um, but you know, usually it's not that big of a deal. I have never met anyone. I'm sure someone's out there, but I've never met anyone that was like, "No, you must always be naked, and you can have no exceptions and right. bleed on the floor." You know, I've not, <laughs> I've not found that to be true. Right. Right. It's probably somebody's like that, but yeah. Um, so again, a good question. Like what's the ritual schema, you know, like, do I have to be naked? Is that expected? How long do rituals go? If I show up at seven o'clock on a Saturday evening, am I expected to be there until 7am the next morning? Yeah. Does it take an hour, two hours? Do we start? What if somebody's running late? Do we always start exactly at seven? You know, like, what is the flow of our gatherings? Yeah. Yeah. Because like often there's social time. Yeah. Before there's, or after. Right. Exactly. Before or after. So are it, where is the social time baked into this gathering? Is it, you know, is it before? Is it after? What's the expectation of social time? Yeah. You know, because there are some groups where, you know, there's a potluck ahead of time. And if you don't show up for the potluck, it's not okay. Right. Like it's not just a potluck, it's part of coven gathering. Right. Right. You know, so these are these are things to know. Yeah. Another big red flag and this is a question. So it is perfectly okay for a coven to have mysteries. It's perfectly okay for a coven to say you must achieve this particular level before you get um, the book of rituals or before you get the cookbook that all of us in the coven have been <laughs> contributing to for the last five years, yeah. right? You don't get that until you've passed your first year or, you know, whatever it is, right? That, that it's perfectly fine for a tradition to have its mysteries and to, but I don't think it's okay for a coven with mysteries to not at least have some access to those mysteries for people that are seeking. So, for instance, you could say, yes, we're an initiatory tradition. There are three degrees in this tradition. As you move through the degrees, you get more access to whatever it is you get access to. I'm not going to explain the entire ritual to you. I'm not going to explain the work of the ritual ahead of time, but it is important that you know dot, 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 mm -hmm. right? If a coven is unwilling to share that level of information, I think that's a red flag. Yeah. I think one of the biggest red flags, and there's no polite way of saying this, but sex. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Right. Are you expected, again, this is quite outdated in most places and in most covens, but not all. Right. Are you expected to have sex with... Uh, the high priestess or the high priest right. or with another coven. Is there a member. belief that power is delineated through the lineage through the act of sex with the high priest or the high priestess? Right. That's a huge, huge red flag. Yeah. 
Yeah. And again, I want to be very clear here. It's not to say that sex magic isn't powerful. It's not to say that sex magic isn't a uh, practice that you or anybody else could or should engage in. It's actually an amazing, wonderful practice. But only if there's full consent, only if it's not conditional upon your membership in the coven. Well, I can't possibly give you these secrets until we have sex. Well, and to be, I mean, to take this one step further, uh, uh, there is a power dynamic between a high priest and a high priestess and a dedicant yeah. that makes it that it can never be fully yeah. um, consensual. C- consensual. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Because the a high priest and a high priestess are given a level of power over the rest of the people in that group. So it's n- never a good idea. It's not, it's not something that I find to be ethically healthy. Yeah. Uh, and and I would not be involved with a group where sexual initiation was required. Right. That's setting up bad power dynamics and, and abuse. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, exactly Just it. to speak plainly. Yeah. 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 And, um, you know, so that's one of those things. Uh, that's one of those red flags. Yeah. So are you financially responsible for the coven, you know, over and above you buy the coffee and I'll buy the bread. You know what I mean? Right. Or so, this ritual, we need to spend a hundred bucks on ribbons who can kick in. Right. Yeah. Right. Like that's perfectly fine. But yeah. again, if you have to pay, you know, thousands of dollars to join a coven. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a big red flag. Yeah. If you're expected to have sex with anybody in the coven, even if you're like, no, okay, that sounds like, okay. Like I'm open about those kind yeah. of things. That'd be great. And that may be very true for you. And that's yeah. wonderful. And generally speaking, there's still a power dynamic. It's, it's not still there. Yeah, it's not period. overtly coercive. But it is. But it is. It's still coercive. Yeah, it's not okay. It's yeah. a it's a really bad power dynamic. Yeah. And and to be clear, like, you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago, that was not uncommon mm. that people would get into these positions of power. And, you know, I'm going to just be blunt here. Mostly men would become high priests of groups and then say, oh, it's a sexual initiation and you have to have sex with me so I can give you the power of this lineage. Uh, and so there was a lot of sexual abuse happening. And thankfully, I feel like, the, of course, it's still going to be happening. It's sure. not completely free of any problems there's but always one there's a lot less of that going on now because there is more transparency and the internet means people are talking and sharing and uh, and it's not hard to look up leadership and see like oh this person's actually hugely problematic and has been accused of sexual misconduct several times maybe that's not the coven i want to join right you know so um that's the good thing about the internet and having so much information accessible is we can vet leadership before stepping into a group. Yeah. Right. Don't think just because someone is a high priestess that they are not a shitty person (laughs) or that they haven't done something terrible in the past that they're trying to hide from. And uh, traditions that have lineage like Gardnerian and Alexandrian and other uh, British traditional systems uh, they track their lineage. So if someone says, oh, no, I'm a Gardnerian, then they need to be able to prove their lineage and say who their high priests are and prove to you that they are legitimate and that they can be vouched for, right? right? That's one of the benefits of having a mystery tradition of initiation and, and you know, 
secrets being kept via oath and so on and so forth is that there is this vouching for process. Vouching. Yes. What did I say? Vouching? Yeah. Vouching. Yeah. (laughs) And there have been instances, I was just reading about this last week, where a high priestess took back her initiation. She revoked the initiation she had performed on someone because she found out several years later that this was not a good person. And if she had known at the time, she would not have initiated him. Yeah. So that does happen too. And groups keep track of stuff like that, you know? So um, it's important to know to do your research too as a seeker, you know? The the other red flag is the, uh, uh, I am the truth. (laughs) Right. You know, I am the only way. Our way is the one and only way. This is the one and only way to practice. You may only initiate into my tradition and no other. And no other tradition. Right. Things like that, just huge red flags. Yep. You know, um, uh, there's a, a, poem that's been translated it's a roomy poem and it's one of my favorite lines it says there are there are thousands of ways or hundreds of ways to kneel and kiss the ground and i just think that that's you know very very true um i'll tell you the one true thing in witchcraft there's no one true thing (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) right so um when i think that's the other thing too that can be a turnoff is that you know, because witchcraft is still fringe, you know, I think it's got it's a lot more mainstream today than it was in the 90s, but yeah. it is still fringe. And so it can be disheartening when you find a group and it doesn't work out. Uh, you might think, well, fuck, this is what witchcraft is. I'm not interested. Or this is um, these people are terrible people. This is why I should have never gotten involved with community. And that's not the case. It's just that that wasn't the right group for you or it was a shitty group. And, and, you know, unfortunately you got hooked up with a shitty group, but there are others, there are always more, there are always others, there are always other people who want to do group work. And so trying again, you know, and it can be hard. It's just like a romantic relationship. When you get burned in a romantic relationship, it can be hard to go back and try to have another love interest. It can be hard to open your heart again. It's the same thing with covens. It's, it's, you're more vulnerable in a coven than you are in a, you know, a monogamous one-on-one relationship. I feel like because it's, you know, two, three, five, 13 people that are all holding a piece of you have a, a bit of your heart and that you share very vulnerable parts of yourself with. And when that goes sideways or when that coven breaks up, it can be really painful it can, and it can be scary to open yourself up to doing that again. Yeah. But it's worth it, you know. I was in a coven for several years, a long time ago. I absolutely loved it. Loved the people that were in the coven. Um, We were all very uh, uh, kind of at a similar level, like in our journey of witchcraft, you know. Um, And the coven was really lovely and sustaining for uh, most of the time. Mm -hmm. And it got to a point where it just kind of sort of fizzled out. And we were able to say, oh, okay, it's kind of fizzling out. We've moved off in different directions. So let's end this thing. Yeah. Uh, And we did. And that was really lovely. Um, And then for several years, I wasn't in a coven and I really missed it. Yeah. Um, I I missed that. And I was in several temporary covens, um, groups that met regularly, did magic, but we never kind of formalized what we were doing. Um, And again, that sort of filled a void for me. I like being in coven. I like being in community. I like doing group magic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And, uh, uh, you know, the coven that I'm in now, it's been challenging over the last year, of course, because yeah. we haven't, I mean, it's literally been just over a year since we were together in the same place. Right. And we've met virtually and it's wonderful and it's yeah. still not quite the same as being in the same room with everybody. Right, you know? right. Well, um, and, you know, that's the thing. Like I was sharing this, I don't even remember when I was sharing this, but in one of the very first covens I was in, I was in a workshop uh, and there were two other people in the workshop that I just felt an instant vibe with. And I had to take that leap and, mm. you know, and be like, hey, I like you guys. You want to like, hang out and do something after this workshop ends you know like you have to be vulnerable and ask someone out on a date you know but the more your group meets you know because at that point when we all decided yeah there is something interesting here let's continue it we met every week yeah you know that's a lot that's a huge commitment to meet with a group of people every week live modern lives are very busy um you know COVID aside and and that's what built our connection and our intimacy was meeting every week. And then as, you know, we folded in other projects or our lives changed or whatever, that became, okay, well now let's meet every full moon or let's just meet on the Sabbaths or whatever. And the more time that spread between our meetings, the more we drifted, you know? So it, it, there is something about that regularity uh, and frequency that, that creates this bond Um, And you don't get that really from other things, you know, meeting on Zoom every eight weeks is not the same as being in person every single week, even if that's just going out to a restaurant to have dinner and talk about witchy concepts, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Do you recommend the coven? Like bottom line. Yeah, 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 I do. Because like I said, you know, I've been in, I've, I've started my own covens. I've joined existing covens. Didn't, wasn't your first coven when you were like 16? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I roped my two best friends in high school <laughs> in, one who's atheist and one who's Catholic. And I got them to do rituals with me. So that that lasted a long time. Well, it lasted <laughs> high school, you know. Um, yeah, the Catholic's dad would ask me to read his tarot cards. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I've started groups, I've joined groups that existed, I've had learning circles, I've had, you know, you name it. And the moments where I've worked in groups have been where I've grown the most, where yeah. I've learned the most. The Being an armchair witch and an armchair pagan is fine, you know, like just reading books and having an online existence. It's fine. You can gain a lot. Like, reading books will give you a lot of wisdom and uh, actually will give you a lot of knowledge, but experiencing the ritual, experiencing witchcraft will give you the wisdom, right? Once you take this heady concept you've read and move it into your bread, your breath, blood and bone, then it integrates more. Like I I may have told this story on the show before. I don't know. I've told this story a million times, but I had been reading books about witchcraft for over a year. And then my friend found out that they were doing a public ritual with Starhawk in the town next to our town. And I was like, hell yes. Oh my God, Starhawk, we have to go to this ritual. And my first ritual was with 60 witches in a community center with Starhawk. 
what? Right? I was like so starstruck by her. For those of you that don't know, Starhawk wrote the Spiral Dance. No, not everybody does. Um, In 1978, she published a book called The Spiral Dance. 79. 79, yeah. The Spiral Dance. Um, and was one of the founders of the reclaiming tradition of magic. And Phoenix and I have been involved with that group for forever yes. and ever. Um, and uh, uh, and she's also written many, many other books. She's an activist, permaculturist, yes. things like that. But I go to this ritual and I have a ritual experience. You know, I had had my girlfriends and I in high school read rituals from a book and recited exactly what it told us to do. But then I went where there were these experienced, which is leading a public ritual. And I had this experience that was nothing like I had done playing around in my friend's living you, room. You felt the magic. Right, right. It so washed over you. that moment I grew in, in my ability. Yeah tenfold from what I had been studying in books and dabbling in the living room for over a year, right? right? Just that one group experience. So, and who knows if I had only been doing all those rituals on my own, hiding in my bedroom, you know, I had the, these two girlfriends I could bounce all of this stuff off of, which helped me grow even more. So, you know, I think that your growth and your power and your awareness and the complexity of it all happens much more quickly when you're working with people. Yeah, I think that's true. In person. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, generally speaking, you uh, you like the idea of a coven. Yep. Uh, healthy dose of skepticism when you're Always. joining a coven. <laughs> yeah. Um, ask really good questions. Ask that question that you're scared to ask. Because yeah. that's the one that will really tell you whether you should move well, forward and, or not. And to be fair, you might be scared to ask because you don't want to be disappointed that it won't work out. Yeah. Not that you're, it's a, it's an awkward question, yeah, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, understand if you're somebody that wants to start a coven, go for it. Yeah. Like really go for it. Just be really aware. Like you said earlier on, like there are some things that you need to know. What? Yeah. What kind of coven is it? Yeah. For what purpose? And and just to give you an idea, like so there are some covens that are all experienced witches. They kind of have the witchy language down and they know how to do ritual because it's done in a very particular format. There are other times where you're making it up as you go along. You're like, hey, let's, you know, we've we've just read this book. Seems like a brilliant book. Let's practice the rituals in this book. Mm-hmm. That yeah, that be- was one of the things actually. Yeah, with that, those the two people I met in that workshop, we all got a copy of Twelve Wild Swans by Starhawk, and um, we started working through that book together, and yeah. it was great. It was like we all had exper- different levels of experience. Um, I, I was the most experienced, but I didn't want to be the leader. I yeah. wanted us to be all equal. And this book gave us a frame to work through together, yeah. right? So that that's really helpful if you have if you are all equal, or if you want to move forward equally, having a book or a frame that you work together is really helpful. Yeah, and so that's the idea of a learning coven yeah. or a teaching coven. If you're somebody that's been experienced for years and years, I'm like, you know, what? I think I want to pass some of this knowledge on. I'm gonna form a teaching coven. Yeah, and that's really good as well. You know, there are some drawbacks to that. It means you're probably going to be the one in charge. People will be looking to you for the answers. That might, uh, you know, there's a fine line between, hmm, I'm sharing this wisdom that I've gained over three minutes or 30 years. (laughs) And it can also, you can turn into a megalomaniac. I have all the answers. Right. So there is, you know, there's a lot of pressure and projection. That's the thing as a leader, 
and a seeker is that le- the leaders don't know everything. Yeah. They just don't. And it, it's okay to go, I have no idea. And it's okay to hear a leader say, I have no idea. Like it, in the reclaiming tradition, I had taken several workshops from this one mentor of mine. And during one of the lunch breaks, another participant in the workshop asked what I thought was a pretty simple, esoteric question. Like I had an answer to it. And the teacher was like, I don't know. And I was like, what? But you're teaching these workshops. Like you're responsible for all of these people's growth and magical experience. How do you not have the answer? And it was like this moment of reckoning like, oh, right. She's still just a human. She doesn't know everything. She doesn't have all the answers. And how delightful that she said, I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's great. Well, Phoenix, we are getting up to uh, almost the end of the hour here. Okay. So, uh, final thoughts. I'll go first. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I really do value covens. I think it is great to start a coven. I think it's amazing to be part of a coven. I think it... Sorry, our dog is... uh, (laughs) Sneezing. Sneezing. Um, I think it's wonderful to be part of a coven. I think it has deepened and broadened my practice. Yeah. I think it has um, given me a sense of my own empowerment by accessing the power of the other witches that were in the coven Mm -hmm. with me. Um, And generally speaking, I've had good coven experiences. Mm -hmm. And in the few instances where they were difficult and challenging, um, and I didn't want to be part of that coven uh, or that group, um, I was able to at least learn something out of it and, and define my boundaries moving forward. Yeah. I absolutely think it's brilliant being in a coven and I highly encourage if you're thinking about it, if you're in a group, if you're thinking maybe we should uh, come up with a cool name and be, (laughs) you know, the, you know, whatever it is, the the witches of New Haven, you know, great, do that. Right. You know, I, I really encourage it. Try it out. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with all of that. And I think that, you know, some of your most profound relationships can come out of a coven. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's important to be realistic. It's important to know your own stuff about community and relationships. And I think that even when you step into being in a coven, it doesn't stop you from being solitary. Yeah. You still can have your own practice. You still can have your own way of doing things. Um, you know, we were uh, involved in a Druid organization for many years, and it was actually really hard for me to not be eclectic and to fold in some of my other practices. And that was not allowed in this group. And it just, I, at the time I didn't realize like I can still do my solitary practices. And then when I do my Druid practices, I do my Druid practices, you know? So, um, being in a coven doesn't make you not be a solitary anymore. It just gives you another outlet. Yeah. To practice. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Phoenix. Well, I think we've wrapped up a coven talk TM. Uh, <laughs> that'll be the name of our next broadcast Coven yeah. Talk with Phoenix and Greer yeah so yeah cool yeah. Yeah. thanks for listening thanks for listening be well bye 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 bye